Today's scripture, turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Uh, For those of you who are new, we're going through the book of Matthew and we're on chapter 15 right now, starting in verse 10. And last week, uh, just to kind of set it up for us, last week Jesus was talking to uh, the Pharisees. There were some Pharisees that came up from Jerusalem, the best of the best, kind of their cream of the crop. They knew the law the best and they knew their traditions the best. Unfortunately, they had put their tradition over the law. So they were going to catch Jesus messing up. So they travel. If they, if they took an airplane, it would have been 65 miles, but uh, they walked. So it was about 85 miles they walked in order to trap Jesus in, uh, in one of their traditions, which they did. He ate some bread without washing his hands. And we talked about uh, the idea. It wasn't because his hands weren't all good. He hadn't been like going, you know, and, you know, all disgusting hands and you know you should really wash your hands it was a ceremonial washing that they do they'd get they have it all measured out about an egg's worth of water that would go on the hands they'd hold them up like this like a surgeon you know and then they turn it this way pour the rest on and then they were ceremonially clean okay they come to jesus and they say hey how come you don't wash your hands and jesus says how come you don't obey the law right and there's this big there's this big and they're like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't ask him any more questions. But, it, but he, says, he says something uh, really important. And that's what we talked about last week. These people honor me with their lips. We talked about lip syncing. But their hearts are far from me. And so we were talking about the heart. And so this week we're starting this next series called Next Step. And it's kind of a, uh, it'll go on for a few weeks, and it's kind of this idea that we want to be, as a church, as a people of God, but most importantly, as followers of Jesus Christ, always taking that next step in relationship. Uh, he says, their hearts are far from me. Well, how does my heart get closer to God? It's through these series of little steps that we take in trying to keep up. It says that we would keep in step with the Spirit. So let's uh, look at Matthew chapter 15. Verse 10 through 20. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. Then the disciples came to him and asked, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? I just love that. Jesus is like, What? I'm so sorry. No. He replied, making it even worse, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, uh, Explain the parable to us. Are you still so dull? (laughs) You know what? A lot of us go, You know, Lord, I just want you to speak to me. You know, that might not be the prayer you want to hear all the time. Are you so dull? I've heard that many times from the Lord. Jesus asked them, Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. Remember that we've been talking about this heart situation. And these make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. I want us to focus one, very quickly on one thing, the introduction here. And it's this sentence here. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. If we're going to be next step Christians, if we're going to be a next step church, 
Those two things are the first part of next step living. Listen and understand. It's part of every intimate relationship we have. Every intimate relationship we have involves listening and understanding. How, you know, if you're ever talking to a, your friend uh, and you're, you're given the marriage counseling or whatever, or they're in your office or whatever you do for a living, which I don't know why they'd be in your office, but they might be someday, okay? What's, what are the things you hear? Oh, she just doesn't understand me, right? I have to watch five hours of football a, a day, you know, or whatever it is. He's just not listening to me. These things are vitally important in relationships. To listen and to understand. What do we say to our kids all the time? Listen to me. I am listening to you. You didn't even let me finish the sentence. Listen to me. Understand what I'm saying. Right? We do it in friendships. We call on the phone. And you know, one of the problems with men, or at least with me, is when Lisa comes to me about her day, I want to solve all her problems. Lovingly. I mean, I, I do, I want to help her. But oftentimes she'll just go, listen and understand what I'm trying to say. Don't try to solve it. Which I still think is a bad advice because I, <laughs> I think I, I really can solve all her problems. It's amazing. I can't solve any of my own, but I can solve hers. It's very amazing the way I can do that. But this is important. In, in Mark it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The point is pay attention. Because we can take steps all we want, church. We can go share the gospel with people. We can go do this, do that, memorize verses, whatever. But if we're not listening and understanding, this is part of our Bible memorization. This is why we're doing that. To listen to the word, to soak into it, to understand it so that it, it applies. I've been getting great emails from you guys who've been doing the Bible memorization, talking about just how practical it is to have the Word of God right there. To to have something hit your desk on a Tuesday and go, oh man, and to be able to go, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Lord, I hate this client, and I wish that we didn't have them, but we do, and here's the report that has to be done, or whatever, right? Or you hear something on the news, or you get some troubling information. You've got that right there. Listen and understand. This word understand means to make a connection. It means to set side by side, to make this connection of, oh, I know what he means. It's very important for us to understand this as we move forward. So I want to talk about with this idea of um, this intimate relationships, listen and understand, three things that we see in this, kind of how this plays out and where the disciples, where the Pharisees can make a next step and where we can make a next step to go on to the next level. The first here is their reaction. Matthew fifteen twelve. Then the disciples came to him and asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they, when they heard this? Do you think Jesus knew that the Pharisees were offended when they heard that? Yeah. You guys are smart. That's good. I like that. Right? Of course they were. Jesus knew that. He knew it right before he was going to say it. He got them ticked off. But all he did was present the truth. All he did was shine light on the truth. And this is vitally important for us, church, as we get truth revealed to us what is our reaction to it i know some people who don't want to hear it you might say hey listen 
you know, this is what's going on in your life, and it's not, it's not going to work. What you're doing is not going to work. You can't judge me. It's, that's that reaction. The disciples had a different reaction. They were fearful. Now, you have to understand where they're coming from. And we're going to talk a little bit about this when we get to um, Peter saying, uh, explain the parable to us. But uh, the Pharisees that Jesus offended here were the ones from Jerusalem. They were the, they were the top brass. This would be like having, you know, um, you know, some great theologians up here. And I come up and go, ah, you don't know what you're talking about, right? It would be, or, or if we had someone who, like your boss came, right? You invite your boss to church, and I meet him, and I go, you know what your problem is? And you're like, oh, man, that's my boss. That's what it was like for the, Pharise- for the disciples. Jesus offends them. These Pharisees had a lot of power. They could have kicked everyone out of the synagogue. They could do a lot of things to make their life miserable. And you know what? Sometimes... The truth of God is uncomfortable. <laughs> Our reaction is, oh, I wouldn't have said it that way. Or, ooh, yeah, it's true. But man, did you have to say it? I've been thinking it for a long time. Sometimes the truth of God is harsh, isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, I would love for it to be all roses. I'd love for it to be, you know, I could tell, I could stand up here and say, church, if you tithe, you're going to, oh, the God's going to bless you materialistically like you never, you're going to get new houses. And I'd love to say that. I want you all to have a new house and a new car. But like I said a few weeks ago, the fact of the matter is you might just have less money. But you'll be obedient. And sometimes it's difficult Sometimes the word of God is difficult. What's your reaction when you hear the word of God? What's your reaction when the Holy Spirit, you know it's him, says, that's what I want you to change? Do you switch churches and go, I don't like Pastor John? (laughs) Or maybe it was from another church and now you're here and I hope he still gets you. No, I'm kidding around, right? What's your reaction when you hear something that's do you do you does it anger you? Do you get skeptical? Do you get cynical? Do you get sarcastic when the truth of God is revealed? Because that's what happens when when God reveals himself to us, we get revealed. And so where we can take a next step is to while we're trying to listen and understand what's our reaction to the word of God. Do we dismiss it when it touches a little too close to home? Do we try to read verses that make us feel better even though we know God is telling us to change our life? What's your reaction? Maybe you don't have a relationship with God and you just, you're just tired of hear people shoving the gospel down your throat, talking about Jesus all the time, talking about this all the time. Maybe it's time for a next step to go, you know what? I'm going to try and listen and understand. Maybe you've been a believer for a long, long time and you know it all. And every time a preacher gets up, not only do you know it better than he does, you, he should have used this verse. That's not what the Greek says or whatever. And maybe it's time for you to stop because that was me. <laughs> that was my area. And try to listen and understand your reaction to the word. Secondly, oh, no, oh, let me show you a reaction real quick. I forgot about this. There was this Pharisee that invited Jesus over to dinner. And while Jesus is having dinner, a woman comes up and begins to weep before him. 
She begins to cry and her tears go on his feet and she takes her hair and she wipes his feet and she anoints him with perfume, expensive perfume. And here's the reaction of this Pharisee. When the Pharisee had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, this was the reaction of this beautiful act of worship. If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Now, we can look at this Pharisee and go, oh, it's just terrible. When in reality, I've done this before. I've seen a man of God present the word and I've gone, you know what? I don't know if I agree with that. Or Instead of listening, trying to understand, going into the word in humility. I've been this guy. And so Jesus begins to kind of rail him a little bit and says, hey, you know what? Just hold on. First of all, he read his mind, which is just freaky. (laughs) That would just, if I were a Pharisee and all of a sudden someone said, you know what? You shouldn't have thought that. That's, woo, (laughs) right? So he says, guess what? When I came in here, you didn't wash my feet. You didn't do any of the stuff that she's doing. And then he goes on and he says this. He tells a story and he says, if a guy owes a dollar and a guy owes a thousand dollars and you forgive them both, which one's going to be the happier one is essentially the story. And the Pharisee says, the one who owed the thousand dollars. And he says, you've judged correctly. Then he says this. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests, they had their own reaction. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? So you've got the reaction of this, this woman who's connected with her sin. And she sees Jesus as taking that sin from her. She sees him as the Messiah. She's, she's broken before him. That's one reaction. And then you've got another reaction. Hmm, I don't know. Let me think about that for a while. And we can do this throughout the church. I mean, my goodness, how many places have we seen it? But who, who cares what we've seen? What are we doing? What is the Lord trying to tell us? Can we react a different way? Second is association. He goes on in Matthew chapter 15 and says this. Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. This is a brutal, brutal statement. Jesus is saying, these guys, they're not getting it. They're not getting it on an eternal level. He he moves forward. Leave them. The Greek word is abandon them. When you read scripture where it says if a a, um, spouse abandons another spouse, it means to just leave to leave quickly, to abandon. It was the same word that was used uh, when uh, we had the story of the Good Samaritan where that man was, who was on his way to Jericho and the robbers robbed him, beat him, and abandoned him. And then the Samaritan came. It's the same, it's the same thing. He says, abandon them. They're blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. It's very interesting. Now here's what Jesus is telling them. Who are you associating? You don't associate with that anymore. There's something new that's taking place. And some of us, myself included, have to look at where are we getting our information? Where are we getting, who's influencing us? That God might be saying, you know what your next step is going to be? Abandon that. I know a gentleman who watches uh, uh, cable news channels all the time. And just is filled with fear and anxiety. And, oh, did you hear this? Did you know this is going to happen? Oh, and it, it, it's, it's influencing him, not in a way of, to action, 
Like, man, you know what? The world's jacked up. I got to do something. Just gripped with fear. I, I would extend to that person, you know what your next step might be? You, you say, well, who I'm associating with? I, I hang out with Christians all the time. Not at home. Not at home when the television's on. You're being influenced by these people. You're being influenced by these circumstances, by this on the radio, by this on the internet. There's an association you have, something that's holding you, that's gripping you with fear. It might be, you know, just I read, you know, love stories all the time. You know, I don't know. I hate using examples because the Lord is going to talk to you. you. You know what it is. There might be some level of influence. At least when I read this, I knew exactly what it was in my life. Where the Lord's saying, abandon it, leave it. It might be a friend, it might be a relationship, something that's holding you back from moving on in your relationship with Christ. Let it go. It's not just, you know, hey, hang around, just block it out. Leave them, he says. Now, that is a very tough word for the disciples. And Peter says, explain the parable to us. Now, before we get all on Peter, what Peter is saying is, Jesus, do you really understand what you're telling us to do? These are the top brass Pharisees, and you're telling us not to listen to us anymore. This better be a good story. It better make a whole lot of sense before we take that kind of risk. So it's not just like Peter's going, gee, I don't know, Jesus. He's, he's saying, man, tell, explain it. Tell me. I don't want to just make this huge decision. This is why we looked at uh, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, right? Looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Be self-controlled and alert. Keep your eyes open. Is there any area of influence that you're listening to, that you're reading, that's gripping you with fear, that's, uh, that's fulfilling some type of fantasy, that's doing anything outside of what God wants us to do? Leave it. Abandon it. Is it going to be hard? Yes, it's going to be hard. That's what I was saying. I'd love for you to say, no, no. When you go to that friend that you've been around for years, every time you get together, you you know, it always ends up being dirty jokes and all that stuff. You're going to tell him and he's going to go, wow, what must I do to be saved? I'd love to tell you that. It might not. He might go, you're an idiot. You know, you're so judgmental. I hate you. You know, I don't know. You can't leave your spouse, (laughs) right? You're like, yeah, she is a bad influence on me. (laughs) Hmm, (laughs) right? You're not, allowed, you're not allowed to do that. You can't leave your parents, okay, either. Well, it depends, I guess. I've left mine, so I guess it's hard. Right. What is it? Right? Everybody has one area where they're going, you know what, I need to just stop reading that blog. So I don't know what it is, but the Lord knows. But it's an association. We have to be careful. See, here's the thing. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, Saul was the king at the time, and, and, and God is like, done with Saul. The guy's an idiot. I need someone else. And so the prophet Samuel goes out on this, on this job hunt, right, for, uh, for the new king. And the Lord sends him to Jesse, who's, my, my son is named after Jesse. His name means God exists. And goes to Jesse, and Jesse's got these sons. And Saul, uh, Samuel 
goes in, and there they are, and he meets the first one, and the guy is just ripped abs. He's just attractive, tall, smart. He walks up. He's like, how you doing? Right? Shakes Samuel's hand. Says, oh, oh, man, thanks. Pulls his hand. This isn't all in the scriptures. I'm embellishing, of course. So some of you are like, I don't know what. It must be in the Hebrew where he shakes his hand real hard. Right? It's, it's not in there. It's just, I, this is how I picture it happening. Because in the scriptures it does say, Samuel says, surely this is the Lord's anointed. I mean, surely this, I mean, way to, yes, right? Right? Have you done that with relationships? Oh, man, surely she's the Lord's anointed. I know it, right? You think, oh, I'm in love, I'm in love, right? We've all done it, okay? We've all done it. Sometimes it works out. I don't know. I'm just saying. All right. Now listen, because this is, this is important as we're, as we're self-controlled and alert, because we're going to go into this week, into our jobs and into school, and we're going to be self-controlled and alert, and we're going to look for those influences that might look good on the outside, but again, we're talking about the heart. Let's move forward. The Lord, Samuel 16, 7. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. See, I can listen to talk radio all day long thinking, we've got to change this. Okay, just hear me out, (laughs) okay? It's just an example going, we need to change this country. And it sounds real great, except I'm not doing anything. I'm just getting upset. The heart of the matter is fear. That's the heart of uh, of, of a lot of this. Now, again, if you write letters to your congressman, praise God, Democrat, Republican, I don't really care, whatever. Hear me out, okay? I've said my thing. Now, it's fear. See, a lot of times we're listening to gossip or whatever, and it looks like something. Well, I don't want to do this because you guys, those are different hand motions. <laughs> different song. For those of you who are new, every time I talk about the kingdom of heaven, I do this, and every time I talk about the kingdom of the world down here. So when I start doing this, we start a little song that I invented, but it's okay. Uh, the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. So we have to look at our lives. We have to look at the things that are influencing us and saying, am I really listening to that for this reason? Or is there something else? What's at the heart of what's going on, our associations? Very important. The Lord is speaking to you guys as well as myself in this issue. Thirdly, manifestation. It spells ram on your outline. But that doesn't mean anything. It just happened to spell ram, right? So, yeah, sorry. Right. Oh, what happened? Oh, I went backwards. He says to Peter, are you still so dull? That's cold, Jesus. I mean, come on. You're asking them to abandon everything. You got the top brass there and you're telling them to like go, ah, see you later. I mean, give them a break. But you have to understand the heart of God, church. The heart of God is, come on. I mean, look at what they've seen. They just saw the 5,000 fed. They've seen who knows how many demons cast out. They saw a paralyzed guy uh, just like get up and start walking around. They've seen the blind see. They've seen the lepers cleansed. They've seen Jesus 
work the Pharisees a few other times. Bam, right? It's not, none of this is new. And Jesus is going, are you, ugh, really? You don't get it still that it's about the heart? That's what I talked about in the Beatitudes. Remember the sermon I preached back in chapter five? There were chapters back then, but if there were back in chapter five, he said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Remember that? Remember when I said, you've heard it said, don't murder. But I say, if you've been angry in your heart, it is murder. Remember when I said, it says, don't commit adultery. But if you lust after someone in your heart, it's about the heart. Don't you get it? And I feel like a lot of times God is saying to me, are you still so dull? Hello? Don't you get it? Yes, you can take these steps of faith. I'll tell you, I got it. Yes, you can put that all aside. You can leave that association. You can have a different reaction to the word of God. The humility. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? Now here's the big part, but the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart and these make a man unclean. Church, God wants us, the scriptures call it undefiled. God wants us constantly taking the next step right it's a it's a, I, I run with endurance the race set before me one step after another that's what god wants from us what is your next step i'm not talking about when you're going to go into full-time ministry when what's the next thing god has for you that next level of holiness in ephesians Chapter 5, it says this, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Now, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've acknowledged your sin and and you've acknowledged that what Jesus Christ has done on the cross has paid that price, which we're going to get into in a little bit. It positionally we're spotless and blameless, but God wants something different than that. He wants us sanctified. He wants us acting out in holiness. He wants our heart. All of it, we said last week. All of it. All of it. Every last little bit. You might have given your heart to God way more than everyone around you, and they just think you are the bee's knees. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Frankly, I would not like to be the bee's knees. I'd like something better. The bomb. There we go. That's it. Right? Little old school there for you. <laughs> he wants us holy and blameless. He wants us undefiled. He says, but these things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these are what jack you up. It's always a heart issue. We learned about this when we went through the soils. Remember the parable of the soils in Matthew chapter 13, 23. How does How does our life with God manifest itself? It says here, and the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it. Same Greek word makes that connection. Watch what happens to that guy. Watch how it's manifested. Who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some 100, some 60, and some 30. These are bumper, 30-fold just on its own, is an amazing crop. Unbelievable crop. A hundredfold, I mean, it's just unheard of. This is the kind of fruit God wants from our life. But it's, it's one step after another. I, I started working out again. I do not recommend it at all. <laughs> Stay out of shape. 
it's better for you somehow, right? So I started working out again, and so, um, uh, you know, I'm doing these exercises. I personally don't believe every single muscle needs to be exercised, but some people do. I mean, when am I going to use that muscle there for any, why does that have to be defined? But it's just, and, and so it's so painful and it's such, and, and this program goes on for days and days. And it's like, you know what? I don't, I don't, you know, I see the after picture. Yeah, I want to be there, but God, just, I can't do that. What is it? Now you guys are going to be asking, me, how's your workout going? It's not going well. Okay, I'll tell you that right now. I don't like it. I told you that already. And I don't want to be held accountable to it, so that's not why I'm talking about it, right? <laughs> but what is it? It's step after step. It's, it's just dragging yourself into the gym that next time and that next time. And all of a sudden, eh, step on the scale. That's what I'm talking about, right? And then all of a sudden you're parading around the house, you know, eh, <laughs> right? Right. That didn't come because, okay, I really, oh, I really want to be in shape. Oh, yeah. Right? It doesn't happen that way. It's step after step. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> step after step. Check this out. So Mark gives a longer laundry list of, of stuff. Matt, okay, one of the reasons why we have the Gospels is that they each give a different perspective. And we've been going through Matthew for the reason that Matthew is a Jew who's writing to Jews about a Jew, the Messiah, Jesus. And he's trying to show him as king. So all of Matthew's focus is on, uh, is on the kingdom. That's why we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth. Mark has a different focus. And so Mark lists more of the things that Jesus said. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Now, I'm going to tell you guys a little story that you're going to go, man, we got to get a different pastor because this guy was sick. But there was a time in my life when uh, I'd been a believer for a very long time. Uh, I think it was like seven weeks. And uh, no, uh, many years. And I would read a verse like this and just be like, yeah, got it. It's like, it's so just, it makes me want to puke right now just like thinking about how arrogant and prideful I was. I didn't see it as that. I saw it as serious about my faith. That's how, that was the outward appearance, okay? The inward appearance was pride and the Lord revealed that to me. But I'd go through a list like this, I'd be like, Evil thoughts, well, evil is awfully evil, and I don't have those thoughts, okay? I know I've got some things I need to work on, but not evil thoughts. Fornications, no sweat, don't have a problem with it. Thefts, not really stealing anything. Murders, no. Uh, uh, Adulteries, uh uh-uh. Deeds of coveting, not really. I mean, who doesn't want a new car? Wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality. I'm certainly not sensual in any way. Envy, slander, pride, that's an awfully big one. Uh, And I don't think I'm prideful at all. Uh, And foolishness. Wow, I'm not foolish. I'd I'd read that list and I'd be like, this is so gross. But I'd go, I wish the list had something that really applied to me. (laughs) Okay. 
Now, the only reason you guys are laughing now is because you realize how humble and wonderful I am. This was many, many, many weeks ago. Uh, no. Uh, but can you believe that? I can't believe it. I'd read that and go, man, I wish I had there was something that applied to me. It all applies to me. It all applies to me. And this is the whole idea of the heart. For me, my religion was an outward appearance. I was a whitewashed wall. I was a Pharisee. It hadn't taken root in my heart. I was not connected with my sin. I was not coming to God poor in spirit. I I, I was coming prideful and arrogant. The, The Lord needed me somehow. He does not. And so as the Lord began to connect me with my sin, I began to realize that all these things apply. So instead of evil thoughts, right? God says, let me tell you what an evil thought is to me. And God began to show me. And that's why we memorize Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable... Right? If there's any excellence or anything praiseworthy, let your mind think about these things, depending on which verse you memorized it in. Right? This is, it's not evil. That's what I want you, that's the heart I want. Whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely. Those are the things I want. Anything other than that is an evil thought. Because I, your Lord, the Lord your God, am true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. You see that? See the difference? I, I have a problem with evil thoughts. We're not going to go through all these. I, I, there's a lot of scripture, but I just want you to get the sense. Right? Fornications. I'm not, I'm not fornicating. Yes, I am. Listen, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? This is where God wants me to be. Whom you have received, uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, Uh, sometimes I get so excited I start, I'm five minutes down the sermon. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your body. God has my body, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Am I a fornicator? Absolutely, it's his temple. What am I doing with it? Why does it end up? looking at things or listening to things or whatever. I'm a fornicator. (laughs) By the time I get done, you guys are like, hmm, wanted, pastor, church in Garden Grove, right? Theft. I haven't stolen, I haven't thefted anything, right? (laughs) I haven't stolen anything. Listen to this. Give everyone what you owe him. Now listen, if you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. Now listen, If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. I rob people of respect and honor all the time. I'm a thief. Some relationships, sometimes my wife deserves more respect and honor. It's due her. I owe it to her. I got a bill. It says, you owe more honor. And I withhold it. I rob from her. I've stolen from her. This happens in the church all the time. There are people who are due respect and they're not given it. 
You're in relationships. You have a boss, and you, it's just constantly, all the people in the office are talking about this boss, not giving him the respect and honor he's due, not just because he's your boss, but because he's made in the image of God. We're stealing when we don't do that. You see that? I'm a thief. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you? In offerings? Well, my mic cut out right there. Jean Vier knew it was coming. She's like, I'm not going to, no. Here he goes talking about money again. Yes, I'm talking about money again. I can't help it. Because it, 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 it's a heart issue, guys. It's not driving around in a jag or anything like that, or the church wants some crazy thing. It's that we want to be an obedient people, this next step. And so we're, we're stealing when we don't give God what he's due. Again, you're not going to get a new house and you might not get a new promotion if you give. I hate to break the news to you. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Now, I'm not going to go through all the, all the things, uh, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. It's all there in the scriptures. Listen and understand. This is where God wants us. Next step. What is your next step going to be? Is it the way you react to the word? Is it the associations you have? Is it the way the, 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 the word of God is manifested in your life? Where you look and go, man, you know what? What's coming out of me is not what I want to come out of me. It's defiling me. So we study the word, we listen, and we understand. I want to read one last section of scripture as the worship band comes forward. This is so important. Please don't miss this because it's, it's just, it's outstanding stuff. It's out of Hebrews chapter 10. And Paul is talking about this exact thing. He's telling them, leave this whole thing of the law. It's been fulfilled in Christ. You don't need it anymore. This is where he is. He's in the same place Jesus is at with, with leave them, leave them. Here's what he says. He's talking about forget the sacrifices because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That outward stuff doesn't do it anymore. That's why Jesus came. See, we have this relationship with God that is broken because of our sin. And there might be some of you here who have never heard this. That God wants to have a relationship with you. One that's meaningful and powerful and intimate. And yet there's something in your life that's holding that back it's separating us because it's a perfectly holy god and us who are sinful and so in the old testament we used to give sacrifices those were just basically pictures of what was to come it was like little if you ever been to sunday school little flannel graphs okay and so then the good samaritan came over here that's what those were but then jesus came and he made a sacrifice for it all once for all one sacrifice for all our sin, for all humanity, for all time. But we have to take the next step and accept it. Accept us as a sinner. Now watch. So that's what Paul's talking about. Check this out. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. Now listen, but a body you prepared for me. This is Jesus talking and he's saying this. See, Jesus was fully God and fully man. It blows my mind. I can't even understand it, but it's the truth. 
God came down, and God didn't come down in bodily form and go, now here's how you do a sacrifice. First you take the goat, and then you slit its throat. You know, he didn't do it that way. It was a body that God had prepared for Jesus to say, that's how you're going to do it. And guess what, church? A body he has prepared for you and for me. See this skin you're in? That's the body God has prepared for you. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, he calls us up to do the same thing, live in obedience. Oh, wait, let me go back. Um, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. This is, this is still Jesus talking. This is a quote here. Then I said, well, it's actually out of Psalms, but it's a prophecy. Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. Listen, listen, church. This is the next step. I have come to do your will, O God. God is not interested in sacrifices. He's not interested in anything. He's interested in your heart. And that's going to manifest itself in what? obedience obedience in how we react obedience in who we associate with and how or or what how we get our information and obedience in how it manifests ourselves in this body that we've prepared 